the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. Each week, Michael uses his coaching expertise to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Michael is a professional certified leadership, business, and life coach, serving as president of Professional Coach University, executive director of New Normal Coaching, and the lead pastor at Northwest Church. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Here's Michael. Thank you so much for tuning in to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm your host, Michael Smith, and I'm here to encourage you to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Hey, if you've been listening, you know that we are now in the middle of a mini-series as we explore the corporate disciplines, and today's show is called or titled The Corporate Disciplines of Guidance and Celebration. So we're going to talk about guidance on the front end and celebration in the second half of the show. We are uh, giving a parameter for today's conversation based on a book written by Richard Foster called Celebration of Discipline, where he talks about the inward disciplines uh, the Outward Disciplines, and then the Corporate Disciplines. So our mini-series, if you listened last week, we talked about the Corporate Discipline of Confession. Well, today we'll talk about guidance and celebration. We'll wrap it up. I hope you're looking forward to next week's show as we talk about the Corporate Discipline of Worship. Just as a thought, as we explore disciplines, these spiritual disciplines in our life, they serve the purpose to help us to know God and experience uh, communion with God, and they they empower us to practice God's mission. Spiritual disciplines they they strengthen our walk with God. I like to explain it this way: that spiritual disciplines both express and expand our pursuit of God. They express or show, reveal to God our pursuit, but they also broaden and expand it. So today, as we begin to talk about this discipline of guidance, let it express your pursuit and expand your pursuit of God. When we think about how we grow in this discipline of guidance, the question is, where do we find guidance? For many, we find guidance through uh, pr- uh, people preaching, and we go to a church service and attend it and hear preaching and teaching, and we learn about the Word of God from that platform and that reality. Others, we find guidance by being in some sort of smaller group, maybe a fellowship group or a, uh, a Sunday school class, if you will, or just a smaller group. That might include teaching and fellowship, and we find guidance for life in those circumstances and those those uh, places that we spend our time. But also, we attend uh, seminars and conferences and gain information. But what's powerful 
about these disciplines that are spiritual is there's a relational component and, and we do find guidance in relationships in our life. I like to say, I don't know if anyone has quoted this. I'm sure I heard it. I didn't make it up, but I, I say this all the time. You become like the people you hang around. See, there's a relational element in our life that offers us guidance. And, and really one of the primary places for a believer to find guidance is through their time of of private time with the Lord. Many people call that a quiet time or a devotional time. Uh, but this is where we find guidance. The author of the book, Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster, said this, that guidance is the most radical of the disciplines. And here's why he said it. Because it goes to the heart of the matter of walking with God. It's been said that guidance means that we are living a glorious life of both hearing God's voice and obeying his word. So guidance is about hearing, but also applying what we hear, obeying God's word. I can think about uh, what that means, and it's different. I could tell one of my daughters, hey, can you go in the living room and close all of the blinds in the living room? I actually did that this week. And of the three windows, she closed one of the blinds. She didn't fully commit to the instruction. Or maybe I'll say to my son, hey, would you empty the dishwasher when you finish watching what you're watching on TV? He might say yes, but then as a teenager, he might forget. <laughs> he might have ignored the instruction so it doesn't penetrate his his heart. It may not be con, con, you know, uh, against or anti the instruction, but he just didn't embrace it. And what happens is he thinks that he has his life under control. And that's true with us sometimes spiritually. We feel that way. In fact, the Proverbs advise us not to get stuck there where when the Proverbs say, be wise not in your own eyes. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil. You know, it's so hard to not be wise in your own eyes. I can remember I was in a car with fellow pastors that we were on the same staff. We were heading to a conference and they picked me up. And so getting on the highway was by my house and I was new to the area. And there's one entrance to the highway that only went uh, north. And then the, the next entrance uh, to the highway goes both north and south. And they asked me which one was which. And I, I got them confused. I acted like I knew exactly what I was talking about. The reality was I was wrong. And uh, it became a joke, I guess, at, in that moment. But I was sort of wise in my own eyes. And I wasn't interested in doing what was right. I was more interested, quite frankly, in being right. And I think sometimes we we need guidance because that's a human nature thing. Sometimes we're like that with the Lord, where we enact our own wisdom, we rely on ourselves, and we choose to be wise in our own eyes. Can I tell you other people? Other people can see through that. More importantly, God can see through that. So this discipline of guidance, what is it that we're talking about? We're talking about maybe maybe you think of guidance is as this. Lord, help me know what job to, to take. Help me know who to marry. Help me know where to go to school. Help me know, should I move? Some of my biggest decisions for guidance have been has been when I've prayed about these very things, even in the sanctuary. But the spiritual guidance, as you listen in today, is more than just an ability to make decisions. It's really the guidance that we're talking about is a guidance to conform ourselves to the image of God. It's not so much a guidance of what should I do, but the spiritual discipline of guidance is, Lord, will you guide me so I can become? 
Not do, but become. Become who you want me to be. Help me to experience this interactive friendship with, with you, Lord. And, and when we do that, guidance would be what gives us direction and purpose in our life. When we're interactive with God, we're talking, we're listening, we're sharing our heart, we're pleasing the Lord. We're, we're knowing who God is, but we're being known by Him. I want to talk about where we find guidance here before we head into break in just a few minutes. One of the places we find guidance is actually in the Bible. The Bible says in John's Gospel, when the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. See, being what we would call spirit-led is being guided. It's being guided by the Spirit of God according to God's will. It's hearing clear direction and living out our relationship with God. I uh, stopped recently and talked to a person after church. I normally would not have, have talked with this a person in this instance because I was going somewhere, but something sort of nudged me to talk to this person. And, and I, I, I didn't think about it. It didn't feel spiritual. I just stopped because, you know, I cared about this person. I thought just the right thing to do. What I didn't know is that person needed uh, what I had to share with them. And, and there's no voice from God, but the Spirit guided me. And so sometimes we are guided just by being obedient to the little nudges that the Spirit gives us. And we should always be thinking about God's wisdom instead of ours. In fact, James says this, if you don't have wisdom, ask God. He gives it generously and, and he'll give it to you. Galatians teaches us that if we live by the Spirit, we can keep in step with the Spirit. And that's what happened when I had that conversation, just living in the Spirit. We walk as the Spirit walks. So we can seek wisdom through listening to the Spirit, seek wisdom through the Bible, seek wisdom from other people. Remember what Psalm says, it's not wise to take counsel from the wicked, but the Proverbs advise us to take a father's instruction. Discipleship is all about sharing and imparting God's truth into another person's life. And we might do that one-on-one. We might do that in a microgroup of two, three, four people. We might do that in a small group, six to 12 people. We might do that in a discipleship or spiritual direction relationship where we engage with one another. But it all boils down to this as we think about guidance. It's about putting trust in God rather than ourselves. Here's what the Proverbs say. Trust in the Lord. Did you hear that? Trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. See, guidance is being conformed to obeying what God wants us to do. Our trust is not in what we know. Our trust is in who we know, the Lord. And as we do this, we don't look at our context or our understanding, we look at God's context and his understanding, then in everything we do, we submit to him. And he leads us. He guides us. He directs us. So this idea of guidance is the idea of walking with God. It's not just, Lord, what do I do? But how do I become in deep relationship with you? How do I become more like you? How do I walk with you? How do I learn to trust you with everything more than trusting myself? Because here's the result in everything we do. 
He will make straight our paths. Hey, we're about to head to break and hear from sponsors, and I'm going to be back to continue this discussion on the corporate disciplines. So in the next half of the show, we're going to explore the corporate discipline of celebration. So now that we've hit guidance, we're going to hit uh, the discipline of celebration. So let's get ready to celebrate. So I want you to stay tuned. You're listening today to your discipleship coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. And you're listening on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Well, thank you for staying tuned to today's show. You're listening to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. I'm Michael Smith, and I'm thankful that you're with me today as we continue this mini-series on the corporate disciplines. You heard on the front end of the show a good conversation about the discipline of guidance. And now we're going to get right to it as we talk about this discipline of celebration. Hey, this is so great. It takes me back to my days as a junior hire. You might remember celebrate good times and being in the, for me, I I went to a skating rink and the song would play and it was just a joyful time. It made me smile. And I thought, man, the, the smile, the joy is so powerful and Christians should be the best at celebrating. You know, what's interesting is when Christ came into this world, the Bible says he came in with great joy. He came in celebrating. In fact, I want us to remember, I know uh, that it's in May, and this is not December, this is not Christmas, but I want us to remember a a verse that we hear at Christmas time. Luke chapter 2, verse 10 says, The angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Here's the celebration. The celebration is that Jesus, the Savior of the world, was born. I actually did get in the Christmas mode thinking about this idea of celebration. And you'll recognize this hymn, Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room. Let heaven and nature sing. You know, as that that song continues, we know it, but the joy is because the Lord is here. Joy to the earth, the Savior reigns. Let all their songs employ. Another verse says, He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of His righteousness and the wonders of His love. What I take from that is when Jesus came into this world, it was a celebration. I love how the Old Testament expresses in Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 10, that the joy of the Lord is our strength. As I think about that, what we can say is strength is found in joy, the joy of the Lord. There are some people, when you walk into a, maybe your church, I don't know if your church and my church are the same or different, but there are certain people that carry a scowl on their face, and they seem to almost be judgmental. They may not be, but they bring that appearance. And other people have an encouraging look on their face. And those are the people I want to be around. I'd rather be encouraged than judged. And so anyway, what we want to do is go to a church and say, it's been good to be in the house of the Lord. A church is a place to celebrate Jesus. You know, the work of Christ, when I think about this, the work of Christ is part of what is known as Jubilee. So if you think about Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19, this is a proclamation of Jubilee. And Jesus reads the scroll of the prophet, and he, he reads these words. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, 
because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news. He sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovering sight to the blind, to set liberty to those who are oppressed, and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. This is so powerful because the Spirit of the Lord, see, first of all, ministry happens within the empowerment of the Spirit of God. But here's where the joy comes in. Ministry is about the proclamation of good news to those that are poor. It's a proclamation of freedom and liberty to those that are captive. The joy is found in ministry in that there's recovery of sight to the blind, liberty to the oppressed, and the fact that the Lord gives favor. See, Jubilee is a way to celebrate. And this is why we think about how Paul writes, even though Paul, who faced a difficult life, he said this, and it's recorded in Philippians chapter 4, Rejoice, Paul writes, rejoice in the Lord always. I'll say it again, rejoice. This week I received two pieces of good news, and the first thing I did is I actually called my wife and shared with her the good news that I received, and and there wasn't enough. (laughs) I still wanted to talk about it because I was so thankful to the Lord. I actually called my mother and shared a few things like that. So there's something about celebrating good news. We're about to celebrate my daughter's high school graduation. At church, we celebrate people meeting Jesus. In fact, in just about a week and a half, we're gonna, maybe next week, actually, we're going to do a, a service that we simply call Celebrate. We're having people uh, baptized, bringing in new members, dedicating babies. We're just celebrating. But, you know, celebration is not only when good things happen. When my dad passed away, I remember standing around his hospital bed, and there was a moment where we all gathered hands uh, just because we wanted to pray together, and I led that prayer, and I actually just said to the Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for my dad. Thank you. And I started thanking the Lord for all that my dad did. I thanked him for who he was, the example that he gave, and and we weren't uh, screaming, we weren't angry. We weren't, we, we weren't uh, letting the humanity of the situation get the best of us. We actually were in that mode where we said, thank you. And we took that time before my dad actually passed away. He was right at the last moments and we celebrated his life. See, that kind of a thought is what I mean about celebration, where it's not dictated by if your circumstance is positive or negative, but we have this, this gift of celebrating. So when you think about it spiritually, Richard Foster says that celebration can save us in many ways. One of the ways it saves us from taking ourselves too seriously. Sometimes when we just pause and celebrate, we we, we change the parameter and we know that we're not all that serious. And because over seriousness can stress us out. Foster also said that celebration can be an effective antidote for the times in our life where we are sad oppressed in our heart, facing depression. Celebration can can counter that. Celebration, I would say, corrects the perspective of our lives where we might think that things are so bad, but when we start to celebrate God and the life that we have and the power in Him, then we are truly practicing this discipline of celebration. See, celebration is primarily, excuse me, a, a corporate discipline. When I celebrate my anniversary, which I do here in May, I go to dinner with my wife and we celebrate. When someone in my family has a birthday party, we, we, we do that party because we celebrate. 
as a coach. When someone is meeting a goal, I'll challenge them with this question oftentimes. If you meet your goal, how will you celebrate? Celebration helps us realize the accomplishments in our life, but spiritually, we celebrate Jesus. We celebrate the Lord. And so we start to see that life is not about our own accomplishments, but the work of the Father in our lives. So we celebrate God, and it's primarily a corporate expression. So we, we sing, we dance, we clap, we shout. And in any one life, we might go to an award ceremony. And we say, let's applaud with a, uh, your hands today the accomplishments of these people. At a wedding, you might dance. Uh, when someone scores a touchdown, you might shout. On the uh, Maybe patriotically, we sing the national anthem. These are all ways of celebrating. But when I think about how we worship God, you know, some churches express worship to God through clapping and singing and even shouting and dance in some places. But why do we do that? It's not to sound distinctive, but it's to truly celebrate who God is. And let's be reminded of what we're celebrating. Celebration is is a, a praise to God because he has given good news to the poor. We have good news today And the truth is that we can be forgiven of our sins because he's faithful and just to do it. If we just repent of our sins and accept the forgiveness that God has, this is good news. The good news that we celebrate, even if your circumstances are bad, you can say, I have freedom from being bound by negative circumstances. I will not be captive to my negative circumstances. I celebrate the freedom that is found in our God. Recovering sight from the blind, we celebrate. We celebrate the liberty of those that have been and who are oppressed. And if you're feeling overwhelmed, depressed, maybe oppressed in some way, you can celebrate the fact that God is your liberation and you can walk in freedom. But I love the celebration that there's a proclamation of the year of the Lord's favor. That's the jubilee we were talking about. We celebrate the fact that we have freedom that comes from God. So today we've introduced these ideas of guidance and service. And you might be thinking, I'd love to be coached around these disciplines and learn how to do them even more effectively. Or maybe there's another spiritual discipline that you would like to be coached around. Really, if you're curious to receive coaching on any level, spiritual, personal, business, any area of your life, you can visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and take our free coaching readiness questionnaire. We would love to hear from you. It's our desire to partner with you and coach you forward as you continue your faith journey. You know, personally, I'd also be grateful if you visited yourdiscipleshipcoach.com and, and if you decide to follow us on social media, that would be fabulous. You, know, you can follow this show that you're listening to right now. You can find our podcast, Your Discipleship Coach. You can follow us in every way. Just visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. I want to say thank you to our sponsors today. Uh, for sponsoring Your Discipleship Coach. Thank you to Chicago Indian Church at chicagoindianchurch.com and Professional Coach University. Maximize your potential at Professional Coach University. You can become a certified coach or invest in yourself through personal development opportunities. Just visit professionalcoachuniversity.com. Thank you so much for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Hey, I want you to know that I am for you. 
and God is for you. And if God is for you, who could be against you? You've been listening today on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Thank you for listening today to Your Discipleship Coach with Michael Smith. We hope you feel encouraged to apply biblical truth to everyday life as you pursue Christ. Be sure to follow Michael and Your Discipleship Coach on social media. You'll find the links at yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. And while you're there, you can click the Give Now button to support this show and to provide scholarships to pastors and Christian leaders to receive coaching. To learn more, visit yourdiscipleshipcoach.com. That's Your Discipleship Coach. Coach.com, partnering with you to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.